Okay. So good morning, ladies. It's exciting to see you. Um, I know I always do this introduction, but like I've said in the past, there's so many new people joining Neolife. Um, and so I want everyone every time to know who you ladies are because you're so important to the development of our products. Um, so Susan, I'm gonna start with you. Um, you're relatively new to Neolife and you really have hit the ground running. <laughs> so I applaud you for that. Um, you are our vice president of product innovation uh, and you have your doctorate in nutritional science, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and you're a California certified acupuncturist. Yes. Um, and then you also, and I think this is so fascinating, you're a certified oriental medicine practitioner. Yes. Okay, and you've been involved in developing over 300 products, that's correct? That is correct, all okay. sorts of products. Yeah. And is that mainly in the food and cosmetic, cosmetic industry? Um, food, beverage, supplements, cosmetics, pet supplements, sort of you name it, I've probably done it. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, okay. And Christina, you're our technical marketing manager mm -hmm. and you received your degree from UCLA. Um, mm -hmm. And this is a mouthful. Whenever I say this, I think, oh my gosh, Christina. <laughs> so you have your degree in neurobiology or psychobiology, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, psychobiology. Um, I'm sorry? Oh, yes, yeah, psychobiology. Psychobiology. What is psychobiology, by the way, exactly? It's kind of like the neuroscience behind psychology. So, you know, not just like why you think something, but kind of some, including a bit of um, neuroscience in it to the biology behind why you think it. Okay. And so nutrition is extremely relevant to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to keep your brain healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to get that salmon oil plus. <laughs> um, and then you double minored in applied development, psychology, and neuroscience. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, quite a team we have. Um, and then today we are going to talk about heart health and inflammation. Right? Yes. Okay. That's right. Okay. Um, I originally was going to drop off of this call, Susan, and make you the host, but I'm not, oh, here we go. Let's see. Just, I don't want to crowd the, the screen here. I am not seeing now that we are live on Facebook, that option anymore. So I am going to sit here quietly. <laughs> Uh, it's always nice having you here, Jen. We like having you here. Yeah, thank you for the kind introduction. Yeah, that was a really nice introduction. So I have a, a business degree. <laughs> and I'm fairly new. Uh, not Well, it's been almost a couple years with Neolife, um, and I'm learning so much. So, um, you know, when I'm on these calls, I'm probably a lot like the, the new distributors coming online, all these... Um, New I know a lot about our product, of course, but um, you bring so much to the table in terms of general health and how, it, how it's applicable to our general health. So I'm always like a kid in a candy shop when, when I listen to you ladies. Um, so anyway, I am going to turn it over to you. 
Thanks, Jennifer. Great. Okay, so hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us once again. It's a pleasure to be here with Susan and Jennifer and the rest of the Neolife family on this Facebook Live call. It's really nice to be here with everyone again. So as Jennifer mentioned, we're here today to talk about heart health and inflammation. Now, we all know that heart health is extremely important, but you might be wondering, what does inflammation have to do with it? Because these two topics might not seem that related on the surface, but they're more intertwined than most people suspect. And I think the majority of us already know that high cholesterol and high blood pressure are major risks for heart disease. But Susan, how does inflammation come into play? Yeah, the idea that inflammation is a factor in heart disease has been around a long time, but it's really just in the last 20 years or so that researchers figured out definitively that having high levels of inflammation are associated with an increased risk of heart attack or stroke. So targeting inflammation to prevent heart disease is just as important as targeting cholesterol and blood pressure. The role of inflammation in heart disease is still not something that a lot of people know of, and doctors don't always talk with their patients about it. It's really important to bring awareness to the link between inflammation and heart disease because heart disease is such a huge problem that needs to be tackled from every angle. And it's the world's leading cause of death. And in the U.S., it causes one in every four deaths. To help put that into perspective, a statistic I found from the CDC is that someone in the U.S. dies from cardiovascular disease every 36 seconds. Yeah, that's right. Ischemic heart disease is the leading cause of death in most developed countries. Ischemic heart disease is also known as a silent killer because there's no symptoms. It's caused by atherosclerosis, which is the narrowing of the arteries caused by plaque buildup. And then this narrowing of the arteries creates like a reduced blood flow and reduced amount of oxygen to the heart muscle. And there are many people who have the risk factors for heart disease. And like I said, don't have any symptoms. Um, that's why it's known as a silent killer. The good news is that globally rates of heart disease have been dropping over the last several years, but the bad news is we still have a long way to go. And the thing that's really important to remember is about half of all heart attacks occur in people that have normal cholesterol levels. I know I strongly associate high cholesterol and heart disease. So I think that's been hammered into my head with like low cholesterol advertising. So it's really surprising to hear that half of people with heart attacks had normal cholesterol. But um, how does inflammation play a role in heart disease more specifically? Well, we know that short-term infl inflammatory response is a good thing, right? Like when we sprain an ankle or cut ourselves. And we also know that any kind of chronic ongoing inflammation is harmful. And one of the ways it manifests is through heart disease. It turns out that atherosclerosis is a chronic inflammatory disease. We don't normally think of it that way. We think high cholesterol, high blood pressure when we think of heart disease risks. But the reality is that atherosclerosis or the narrowing of the arteries is in fact a chronic inflammatory disease. Now, cholesterol and blood pressure is still vitally important, um, but we also want to include inflammation in the heart health and cardiovascular health conversation. You know, we're all familiar with like the risk factors for heart disease, poor diet, lack of exercise, smoking cigarettes, belly fat, that sort of thing. Now we just need to include inflammation as one of those risk factors. How can people tell if they have high inflammation or not? Well, there's two simple blood tests that can help your doctor determine your risk level if, if these are added to cholesterol tests or other heart-related tests. One's called highly sensitive C-reactive protein or highly sensitive CRP. The other is interleukin-6 or IL-6. And these are general markers of inflammation, which means that just because they're elevated doesn't mean someone has heart disease. 
For example, it could mean you have an infection or another type of inflammatory illness. So these tests need to be looked at in the context of other tests your doctor might do. That said, both highly sensitive CRP and IL-6 are better predictors of heart disease risk than just cholesterol alone. So again, simple blood tests, but they're very important in helping to determine overall disease risk, heart disease risk. I don't think my doctor includes those tests on standard blood panels. So, you know, if those tests are better predictors of heart disease risk than cholesterol is, it may be something you want to ask your doctor about, especially since one high test doesn't necessarily mean you have chronic inflammation or heart disease. So you need to like see the trend over time. Can you expand a bit more on these tests, Susan? Well, I mean, that's a good point. If you're worried about your risk of heart disease, um, say for example, you have a family history of heart disease. So just be sure to talk with your doctor about the possibility of adding this test to your blood panel. Um, so CRP stands for C-reactive protein and it's a protein that increases infection and inflammation in the body. And there's actually two CRP tests. One test is a broader, less sensitive test and the other is the highly sensitive CRP test. And this is the one that's used to evaluate cardiovascular disease risk. IL-6 is a protein that's produced by various cells. And just as with CRP, it can be elevated for many different reasons. But you know, again, taken in context, it along with um, highly sensitive CRP can help determine cardiovascular disease risk. Thanks for explaining. I'm surprised that like these tests aren't more standard because they seem like they provide valuable data. So you know, um, maybe talk to your doctor. Okay, so we know that some inflammation is good when it's short-term, but chronic inflammation is bad. So what can we do about inflammation to make sure we keep our hearts and arteries healthy? Well, that's a great question. Okay, so the first answer might surprise people. It starts in our mouths with making sure we have healthy gums. Gum disease, otherwise known as periodontitis, increases people's risk of heart attack or stroke by two to three times. So gum disease, um, is caused by excess, pla excess plaque and poor dental care. And obviously the way to make sure we have healthy gums is by brushing our teeth and flossing regularly and making sure we get our teeth cleaned twice a year. But the interesting thing is there's also some great home re remedies that help with healthy gums too. Like there's some rinses from plants that have been found in clinical trials to perform just as well as antibacterial mouthwash like mouth rinses made from aloe vera or aloe vera juice or green tea or chamomile tea, or even a mouthwash made from pomegranate. Um, also rinsing with warm salt water daily has been studied for its effect on gums and it really works for gum health. And plus warm salt water is really inexpensive and very accessible for most people. Um, one interesting Ayurvedic practice called oil pulling has gotten a lot of press recently for gum health and it turns out there might be something to it. Studies have shown that swishing a tablespoon of, your, of coconut oil or sesame oil in your mouth can actually help keep our gums healthy. Uh, just make sure to spit it out instead of swallowing it. You know, a pomegranate mouthwash sounds like a nice change from all the minty flavors on the market. So um, my dentist brought up the link between gum health and heart health to me before, but I don't think it's common knowledge. And I think people would definitely be more attentive to their oral health if they knew, and you know, it might convince people to floss. So of course the bonus is that you get a nice smile out of it too. But um, what about diet as a factor? We all know that eating lots of fruits and vegetables helps with a healthy inflammation response, but is there any particular diet that's been shown to be effective? Yeah, actually the results of a study on the DASH diet 
and its effect on inflammation and heart disease just came out like a couple of weeks ago. So it's hot off the press. Now the DASH diet has been around for a while, but this study is brand new. DASH sounds for dietary approaches to stop hypertension. And this diet was found to reduce overall inflammation and the way the researchers measured this reduction in inflammation was by testing highly sensitive CRP. And people got results in just after eight weeks of following the DASH diet. Um, the DASH diet focuses like on fruits and vegetables, of course, and whole grains and fish and low fat dairy products. It's sort of like a Mediterranean style diet, uh, but they also focus on reducing salt and sugar and red meat and that kind of thing. Oh, but one fun dietary fact that I really like to kind of throw in there is that eating about 30 grams of dark chocolate a few times a week has been linked to a reduction in risk factors for heart disease. It has to be dark, dark chocolate, of course, not milk or white chocolate. And 30 grams is about three squares of chocolate. So kind of a small amount, but I think that that's good news for chocolate lovers. And I count myself as one of those chocolate lovers. Me too. I guess I'm lucky that dark chocolate is naturally my favorite. Okay, so that's diet. And we all know that another very important piece of heart health and overall health is exercise. But does it specifically help to prevent chronic inflammation? Well, we all know the benefits of exercise, right? Lowering risk of all sorts of diseases, improving longevity. And these positive effects are well documented throughout the literature. And we do know that exercise has a big impact on cardiovascular health. And it turns out that one of the reasons for this is because it has a strong anti-inflammatory effect in the body. So researchers in clinical trials have measured people's highly sensitive CRP after daily exercise and found a consistent reduction. Also, exercise protects against you know, accumulation of abdominal fat, which is one of the big risk factors for chronic inflammation. But the good news is that researchers have found a strong anti-inflammatory effect with only like one 20 minute exercise session. So we don't all have to be athletes or spend hours a day to get the positive effects of exercise. So 20 minutes a day should do it. That's good to hear. And you know, exercise is so good for you. And there's so many different options that you can do that I'm sure you can find something that works. For me, it's like a, my pandemic puppy. I have to take him out and walk him several times a day. So it's a free exercise. Pups are good for that, for sure. <laughs> so what else can people do about inflammation? What about supplements? The first product uh, from Neolife that comes to my mind is Salmon Oil Plus, because I know it has some clinical data specifically on inflammation. Yeah, Neolife has some great supplements to support the body's healthy inflammatory response. And Omega-3 Salmon Oil Plus is one of them. Omega-3 fatty acids have been shown to support a healthy heart and healthy inflammation response in multiple clinical trials. And Omega-3s help boost the good cholesterol, HDL, while at the same time supporting normal, highly sensitive CRP levels. And then plus, like what you were saying before, Christina, Neolife salmon oil was found in a clinical trial to lower the AA-EPA ratio. And that is an important cellular inflammatory marker, and it lowered it by 68%. So that means by ingesting our salmon oil, the ratio of AA or arachidonic acid, which is a pro-inflammatory fatty acid in relationship to EPA, which is an anti-inflammatory fatty acid was, was really greatly improved. So in other words, EPA, anti-inflammatory fatty acid replaced AA, inflammatory fatty acid in the cellular membranes and lower ratios of AA to EPA are associated with overall better health. That's good. My dad is a heart attack survivor and I make sure he takes salmon oil plus every day. And um, I also give him CoQ10 because I know it's good for heart health and he takes statins, 
which naturally, which reduces the body's natural production of CoQ10. But does CoQ10 also help with inflammation? Yeah, I'm glad you're giving your dad CoQ10. And, and our CoQ10 mitochondrial energy complex is, is, good, is a good one to use for two reasons. One, CoQ10 has been found in multiple studies to help support normal, highly sensitive CRP protein levels and therefore healthy inflammatory response levels. And then two, an added bonus is that CoQ10 supplementation has been found to help support healthy gums. So it's sort of like a two for one. Um, oh, and actually CoQ10 works both as is a supplement and also topically in a gel for healthy gums. That's good to know. So what about other neolized supplements? Anything else that could be helpful for supporting healthy inflammation levels? Oh yeah, I wanna make sure to mention um, our magnesium complex, one of my favorites. I'm a big believer in magnesium supplementation because it does so many great things, including supporting proper muscle function and energy production. And it's also been found to support a healthy cardiovascular system. And one of the ways it does this is by supporting normal, highly sensitive CRP levels. Of course, we also have our tray nutritional essence, which is rich in polyphenols. Um, the term polyphenols encompasses a wide range of important natural bioactives in food. Flavonoids are included in the polyphenol category. And then flavonoids include compounds like flavones and isoflavones and parenthocyanidins and anthocyanidins and quercetin and things like that. But both dietary and supplemental polyphenols have been found to support healthy, highly sensitive CRP levels, and in general, to support a healthy inflammatory response. So our tray product has important flavonoid-focused ingredients like pomegranate, acai, and green tea, all sort of wrapped up in our proprietary berry blend. Um, oh, and then the last, um, the last one that uh, supplement I wanted to make sure to mention is our garlic allium complex. Garlic is great to have in our toolbox of supplements that support healthy inflammatory responses because garlic has been studied widely for its overall effects on cardiovascular health. And a recent clinical trial found that supplementing with garlic supported healthy levels of both IL-6 and highly sensitive CRP after only four weeks. Well, thanks for going over all that information, Susan. It's good to know that there are a lot of neo-life product options that can help us maintain a healthy inflammation response, especially since now we know it's so important. So we've gone over a lot of information today. And of course, for heart health, there's the usual healthy diet and exercise advice, which I think we all knew coming into this. And I think it's interesting to hear about like the aspects less talked about in relation to heart health, like the link with oral health, which probably surprised a lot of people. So make sure you brush and floss and consider mouthwashes or like antibacterial rinses like pomegranate. And also think about talking to your doctor about that C-reactive protein and interleukin-6 blood test if you're concerned about you know, your inflammation levels and uh, want further information about it. Yeah, I, I do think that there's two key takeaways from this talk. One, it's important to include inflammation when we're having a conversation with our doctors about heart disease risk, especially if you have a family history of heart disease. And then two, there's some practical things we can do to support a healthy inflammatory response like diet and exercise and gum health and supplements. And these lifestyle practices can result in positive changes relatively quickly from 20 minutes of daily exercise to four weeks of garlic supplementation to eight weeks following something like the DASH diet. Well, hopefully if more people start, you know, incorporating these techniques, then uh, maybe one day heart, heart disease won't be the world's number one killer anymore and uh, we can focus on tackling the next problem. 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. So thanks for having us here today, Jen. You're it's welcome. Really fun to talk about one of my Thank favorite you. topics, which is hard health and inflammation. That was really interesting, especially the gum health. I had no idea. So that's what I'm talking yeah, about. All the scientific tidbits, you know, that we learn about our overall health. So I really appreciate you ladies being here next month. Um, we're going to have part two of our inside the SAB, the high tech tablet. Um, and then you ladies will be back with us in August. So looking forward to it. Great. Take care. Thanks, All right. Everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.